Yo, after last week, the NFL's got a little bit of explaining to do. We'll talk about that in our housekeeping section, and then we'll also do DFS hits and misses and all the usual segments that we would normally go into. So a little bit of would you rather reload, and we'll make some more DFS picks. Let's go get after it. Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Let's continue the process. Waste no time, jump right in. Let's get right into our housekeeping section. So first up, how we did last week, hits and misses, because again, we got to be objective about this. If we're giving bad info, if I'm giving bad info, we need to talk about it. That ain't the case, but this is where we uncover all that. So first out the gate, I want to talk about J.K. Osborne. This is not a player that we talked about playing last week, but if you watch the show, this is a guy that I specifically mentioned as somebody... For example, if you're playing your opponent and your team has been struggling to put up points, you're owing, uh, what what do we say, you know, two at that point in the league or whatever, and you're trying to figure out from a week to week basis a couple of positions that you feel like you need to stream. Okay, well, I gave a specific example about if you're playing Justin Herbert. And you want to obviously have pieces of Herbert if you're going against Herbert, right? So that would be Williams or Allen. If you don't have that, well, what else? We expect a a big blowout of a game against Minnesota where there's a lot of points back and forth. So if I can't get his pieces, let's get his opponent's pieces because we're expecting this shootout. Talked about the fact that Jefferson is probably not going to be out there and that, you know, as opposed to Addison, K.J. Osborne, mention them by name. So I'm taking that as a hit in a perfect example of exactly what you want to do. There is a player that is low owned in nearly every format in league. There's a guy you could have picked up off the wire Saturday morning. And we we gave you the reasoning here. So that's we're going to take that as a big hit. All right, let's keep going. Uh, you know, the big three theme of last week was I wanted the Dolphins offense. But with the caveat that if Waddle plays, if you remember correctly, I said I was going to be out on the Dolphins. If Waddle didn't play, I felt like PS2 would not have that many issues with Tariq Hill. And, you know, they would kind of counteract each other, but then everything else would be sort of, you know, middle of the road. Boy, was that not correct. The Dolphins did not need Waddle to put up 70 points on Denver and really spank that high. They proved far and beyond most people's imaginations, how how good they are this year, how much better they are than some of the competition. So they look like one of the best teams in the NFL and just being without one of their best players, fastest players, it didn't really slow them down that much at all. My thought process last week was in cash games, go with Tua, pair him with Waddle, and then we build something around that with, with the specific uh, switch off to Watson if no Waddle. So once we found out no Waddle, you guys knew automatically that I was going to Watson because we're going to play Cooper at $5,700. Talked about the Tennessee run defense being so good and that it might be a more of a struggling day for Ford, but that Cooper should have ate. And so we did end up playing him. We did end up pairing him with Watson. We did build around this. We did switch out the the high-valued receiver. So no Waddle, we went to Diggs, and that was just fine in our lineup. So as we talk about, you know, Actually, let me do this. Let me go over some of this other stuff before I circle back to the Browns. So we mentioned Diggs. Uh, I said Cousins was going to be popular. Now, Cousins, the Vikings, Keenan Allen, that game, it was popular. We talked about Keenan Allen at being, um, you know, maybe in an alternate lineup, but just too popular for this cash game purposes. So that stuff all to be, pr- be true. Proved, excuse me, to be true with everybody flocking to this game. Now, the thing that I got wrong is, the game did what everybody expected to. The thing that most people don't realize is even if you had those pieces, so Cousins, you know, Jefferson or whatever, you brought it back with Allen, um, everybody else did that too. And so that didn't exactly make the people that did that stand out from the crowd or particularly, you know, when you could have won doing that. And that's fine. I'll take that. You know, I, I, I said I didn't believe that stacking that game would pay off. And so we weren't going to do it specifically. And um, it did pay off for some people. 
Uh, Marvin, uh, oh, sorry, Michael Pittman Jr. I uh, had him in cash games as a nice salary saver. Uh, that did not pan out versus Baltimore, even though Baltimore was missing guys in the secondary. So we, that didn't work out. Addison did not work out for Minnesota's purposes in the past game. But Shahid, um, Rashid Shahid for New Orleans saved my hide with his uh, kick return touchdown. This is the guy that we had in the cash game lineup at $4,200 as a salary saver. And so he did not bottom out. I thought he'd have a great chance to get, be a part of the offense, but that was not proven to be true on that day last Sunday. He did, however, get that kick return touchdown. As you know, DraftKings does not credit the defense with that. They credit the player. So that six points saved my hide. Tight ends, Hunter Henry was a miss, but Kelsey nailed it. And, you know, we played Kelsey. Uh, the, t- the running backs, you know, none of these guys really blew it up. We played Gibson, Spears, P. Ryan, Algier, you know, uh, Kendra Miller, Tony Jones Jr., weren't supposed to blow it up. None of them actually blanked either. That was the purpose of, in that lineup construction, paying down at running back with guys that we thought would see the field so that we could pay up in some of those other spots. Now, the thing that's really sticking in my craw right now about this whole scenario is, okay, so I didn't cash in the cash game on DraftKings, but if you saw the Browns game, okay, if you saw the Browns game, then you know that the, the the referees heavily inserted themselves in this one. Watson up the sideline with a huge pass to Cooper. They call they they say Cooper is dead out of bounds. They say his foot stepped out of bounds. You look at the replay, he was nowhere near out of bounds. They shouldn't have blown the play dead. He uh was well on his way to a touchdown. He had open field ahead of him. And so you got to ask yourself in that scenario, it's just a blown call. You look at it, it's a blown call. There is no like, oh, his foot could have stepped out. They showed the replay a bunch of times. So I don't know if you saw this play or not, but they showed the replay like a dozen times and and both feet in bounds had the football. This is a play that they blew because they blew the play dead. The officials should have let the kept play kept going. Then you could always review it at the end and go back and overturn it. But that's not what we did here in this game. What we actually did was they, inter- they the, the officials in the NFL, once again, made themselves the center of attention by putting themselves in the middle of the play and then getting it wrong. So, you know, I'm look, I'm small potatoes versus a lot of people out there playing these bets, you know, playing these parlays, doing everything based off this. This is why the NFL probably should not be officiated by its own officials if you are playing with money you're playing through vegas people are allowed to legally bet on your thing like baseball nba i don't think they should be in control of their own referees personally i think that there should be an independent organization that does it for all the professional leagues and they don't get to tell them what calls to make and who to make them for and all that because we're obviously looking at that sort of a scenario right here so I had the stack of Cooper and Watson in this DFS lineup and you miss what 12 points from Watson alone right there. But the stack with Cooper, you're getting, you're missing 12 points. It was a 60 something yard touchdown. So I miss the cash game line by 20 points. And those two would have combined for nearly 24 points more on that play alone right there. So very hard for me to stomach that and say, I lost. I didn't do anything. I saw it. And we saw the Dolphins as a good matchup with, with Denver. I'm, I wish I would have stayed on it, but it didn't kill me because not everybody played that. See, we're playing a game of ownership every Sunday. So that's one thing you got to remember. We still made a path to victory if it wasn't for the referee's fault. So I'm not going to sit on that as a loss right there. I'm feeling very good about that. And we're going to come back and attack more again this week. Now, Further diving into this debacle with the referee, let's transition over to Thursday night football because, you know, again, I'm in my seasonal matchup playing against Love and the end of the third quarter, I believe it is, where the time expires and, and, the, and the clock is dead and the quarter is over and they let that play go on anyway. The clock was officially dead. They let that play go on. He throws a, what, 40, 50 yard bomb? Unacceptable to people betting. That's really the thing here is I'm small potatoes, but you've got people betting and this is a bigger deal for them because you are taking money out of their mouths. Again, you're messing with the lines, you're messing with the odds and things like that. 
for me, my opponent artificially, you know, love has a great day because of this. Now, to make this even worse, they come back and they give him the rushing touchdown when love is not even in the he's not even in the end zone. Clearly on replay, down before ball not in. So those two plays right there are going to hang in the balance of what happens with that matchup this week. And with not just my matchup, but with all of our matchups. So again, this is why I say it's one thing to just come on and spout blah, 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 and say I'm upset. But where is the where is the fix? Where's the solution? Where's the problem? Independent uh, umps, independent refs. I'm over it. If we can't do the technology thing where just the computers are doing it, then independence. It needs to not be something that is so easily governed by the league, period. Now, to get on to that Thursday night football game very quickly, we saw without Jair Alexander, the Green Bay secondary had a lot of issues, and so that continued to expose more issues on the Green Bay defense. That secondary is the backbone of that defensive unit. So when things started to fall apart there, a la Jair Alexander, the best defender by far in the secondary, not playing, then that's going to make things ultimately rapidly deteriorate for what the rest of what they want to do is. Detroit looked like the better team. We saw Montgomery get way more run than Gibbs did. Now, I, I, I don't know if this conversation is closed yet. I truly believe that it's Montgomery's job, and I've been pushing that. Uh, and we talked about that as early as week one. However, it was a short week. And I'm concerned that the lack of usage of Gibbs is more to do with the short week than the definition of the jobs. And so he's still around. He's still around. He's not the lead back, but he is around. Golf played well, did what he had to do. Um, that, you know, they, I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, he was unbeatable. Without Jair Alexander, they're slowing him down. That makes everything else that much more simple. But Laporta, too, is also stepping up. And he had a great game, Sam getting in the box. Uh, that really helped you know, just really spread the defense out, um, who I feel like was very thin because of injuries anyway. So, you know, Green Bay started to come back down to earth. Never thought that they were going to win this division anyway, like people seem to think after trouncing the Bears in the first week. But – Detroit also is going to have to – they almost let him back in that game. Well, the refs almost helped. But, you know, Detroit's going to have to continue to get better. I, I love that it's a road win for them because that's the mark on golf is he won't win on the road. So a couple of big ones, Green Bay, Kansas City. Call it what you want. Win's a win, right? I don't care who's out there, who's not playing, whatever. But they've got to continue to get better um, because they've got these matchups coming with, you know, Minnesota, and that is going to be where the division falls, in my opinion. So good enough week for Detroit. We'll see what they do with the running back position next week. And ultimately, I want to continue to watch this team uh, just take strides every week. And now we'll talk and we'll talk momentarily about Jamison Williams coming back. That'll be the last point I make here. But uh, quickly before we get there, I just want to say, if you are 0-3, Listen, <laughs> listen, you got to relax. We, we, You just need one win in the first quarter of the season to be for real. So in the first four weeks, I mean, I know it's not 16 games anymore, 17 games now, blah, right. But the first four weeks, guys, we only need one win to be viable. You can make the playoffs if you start to slow out the gate if things are turning around for you. So, you know, I say that to say just relax, you know, don't stop making moves that you don't need to make before you blow your team up. There's a lot of things that... Some of us did, uh, you know, ahead of time to take care of this. If you've got a Jameson Williams coming back, then that's going to be the lift in your team. If you've got Kamara coming back this week, that's the lift in your team. These are the artificial lifts. Making these snap moves at 1 in the morning on Tuesday or Wednesday because you're bored, you're looking at your team, you're antsy, is not going to help you win. In fact, that's going to be the literal downfall of your team. And the final thing we need to talk about in housekeeping I did a trade this week, Puka Nakua for Jameson Williams. I was using Nakua in the slot. I'm looking forward, guys. Some people were thinking, why would you do that? Jameson Williams, you know, suspended player. He's not back for a couple of weeks. You know, what's going on here? What is the thought process here? Well, number one, I don't believe that Puka is going to keep up this production once Cooper Cup comes back. So, and, and that's something that I've not moved off of all year. So I'm standing by my decision by buckling down on it with, with an actual move. I want to get invested in somebody that I do think is going to be a part of the Lions offense when he comes. He was heavily regarded coming out of school, injured last year, couldn't really get on the field. We know he had the suspension with the batting stuff this year. 
I'm ready. This is his chance, guys. Talked about this in week one, episode two. This is his one shot to prove that he can be an NFLer, and he's got the talent. We're not sure exactly where he is coming back off the hamstring injury because he's just now getting into the facility this week. But I'm taking a bet on a guy that has upside versus a guy that has downside. Puka's going to have Cup come back. But even if you take a step back from that, Tutu Atwell is, in my opinion, outperforming Puka Nakua. Nobody just wants to talk about it or look at it because that's not a cooler story. But he's over there getting as many or more touches. More targets, right? So, better game last game. I mean, just go look it up in whatever app you're using. This guy has been playing better than Puka over the last three games. So, if you bring Cup into the equation, I actually think Atwell can keep doing what he's doing. Cup's going to do what Cup does. But I think Puka Nakua becomes the one that's almost out. So, just, you know, I'm going to hedge that bet, though, by taking a player. So, if I'm right, Puka becomes worth nothing nothing pretty soon right so why not take something that i think is worth nothing pretty soon and try to bring it back with a guy that people think is nothing right now but who could easily not be nothing so those are my thoughts there that's the housekeeping for this week knuckleheads now we got a clean house Let's play a round of Would You Rather. One, two, Would You Rather. Take care of these uh, four, these 12 scenarios for this week. So first up, Ezekiel Elliott versus Tyler Boyd. You know, I guess I'll have to go with Boyd. I'd, I'd particularly rather Higgins and Chase versus Boyd. But I'm going to say Boyd because he's a part of this Cincinnati offense that I prefer this week. I know Zeke is in the revenge game. But, you know, running against the Cowboys has not been particularly successful this year. They're such a high-powered offense. That game script is not something that's alive this year. They want to, you know, make you put up points. So, now, I don't see the Ezekiel Elliott thing. It would be a cute story, but I don't see it. Let's go with Tyler Boyd. Next up, James Cook. Would I rather James Cook or Tank Dell this week? I'll go with Cook. I'm not particularly higher on either of these guys this week, but the Tank Dell thing is just, you know, we used him beautifully. I think it was week, week two maybe, but we want to stay ahead of the curve. People are jumping on players too late, right? And then they're waiting around. Because they're waiting for the performance that already happened. The Tang Dell thing already happened. We got 20 points for him in week two when nobody else was on him, like 2% on. And that's great. You either won big with it or you won a little with it or you didn't. But we can't keep hammering it because we want to adjust how we won to it. You got to go find the next thing. So if you think people in your league are overvaluing him, I would say get involved there and trade him away. Because I don't think there's a lot of value left. It's just a limited upside if you want to get invested in Houston. James Cook against Miami. I, I'd rather have him, but again, if the Dolphins do what they do, it's going to be a high-powered game, probably not a running opportunity. Alvin Kamara, would I rather play Alvin Kamara or Debo Samuel? Debo's a little banged up. I will say I'll give it to Debo, though, because it's a nice matchup. They should win. They're at home. Kamara is coming back, so he's going to have to get his you know his game shape in, in, in under him. I know he's not hurt, but he's got to get his game legs under him. Also, Kamara, um, you know, Tampa Bay is pretty stout against the run. So I don't dislike him, but it's going to have to take involvement in the passing game. He's got, you know, essentially a new quarterback, regardless of if Garoppolo or regardless of if Carr plays or, you know, if, well, I guess not new if Jameis Winston plays. They play a little bit before. Winston, we know, likes Olave, though. He's in love with Olave. But I just don't see, you know, Camara being something that I want to go aggressive against in, at DFS, but for fantasy purposes, for like season long, if you haven't rolled out, feel good about it. But if it's Kamara versus Debo Samuel, it is Samuel for me this week. Alexander Madison and Zay Flowers. Uh, I will go with Madison. Zay Flowers, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's Zay Jones that's out. I, I was 
getting the two of them um, a little bit confused there. So Zay Flowers will play, but it's a tough matchup against the Cleveland defense. Let's go Alexander Madison. Um, should be a better matchup. I don't think it's a clean matchup, and we'll talk about that and reload. But sure, we'll take Madison over Flowers here. All right, next up, would I rather Alexander Madison over Drake London? Madison. Atlanta, just no consistent passing game. I'm not taking London nearly over anybody. Um, uh, and Madison, again, is in a pretty much better spot. Okay, would I rather take Jacoby Myers or Jerome Ford this week? Now, I think these are both guys in a great spot. I'm going to go with Ford, though, because of usage. Myers is going to have a good game. I think Ford can continue to have a good game. Last week was probably going to be one of the toughest matchups for Ford, and he still found a way to get points out of it. This is an easier matchup, even though this team has been playing well. So I'm going to go with Ford by a little. All right. Would I rather Calvin Ridley or Rashad White? I will go with Calvin Ridley this week. I know. And they're going to Jacksonville is going to play this game in uh, London. They love London. London loves them. Um, I, I like Ridley. I know. I think the wide receivers from Jacksonville need to step up as a group. But Rashad White is just so limited with Tampa Bay. I, I don't necessarily see him having a great day. And I think with one catch, Ridley can probably just overtake him. So I'll take that chance. Zach Moss. Would I rather Zach Moss or Jalen Waddle this week? I will actually go with, because if the Colts, if I'm not mistaken, are playing the Rams. Yeah. So, you know, I think if, if I'm hard pressed guys, like um, this week, if, if, if it's Moss or Waddle, I'm going to go with Moss here just because Historically, Waddle, you know, Buffalo knows how to play Miami. I think this is a week where Miami's going to need to win to get that chip off of Buffalo's shoulder because they seem to, you know, edge them out, um, you know, pretty pretty often. If you go back and look at those bunches of last games, which I have, you know, Waddle just, you know, not overly impressive. I think Zach Moss has to be more a part of the game plan versus Waddle. As we've as the Dolphins showed last week, they can have a game plan without him, right? And so if it's a scenario where he's in a bad matchup or he's not producing, they don't need to go there. And so I just I don't need to go there. So in this scenario, you know, again, we're just talking about would you rather DFS one time better play? I'll take Moss over Waddle. All right, would you rather this week two two Atwell or Tyler Algier? Algier is not a primary back. He's not a one B or anything like that. We're just literally talking about a guy that, um, you know, is getting those change of pace touches. I'm taking Tutu Atwell already talked in this show about his production and why he should be considered this week. So Atwell it is. And then, uh, Derek Henry or Michael Pittman this week, Derek Henry going nowhere very quickly. It's been pretty frustrating. Um, you know, yeah, you hope to see things take off a little bit more with Tennessee this week. Um, so on the other side of things, Pittman and the Colts, they have uh, the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. Just double checking to make sure I got that correctly. No, they don't have the Steelers. Uh, they have the Rams. That's right. I just looked at that. Uh, okay. So Colts have the Rams. I, you know, there's going to be a pass rush from Aaron Donald, and we have Richardson back at quarterback. I don't know. I don't. I'm. I don't want to overly think that he's going to, you know, be for surely getting the ball to Pittman. We're just going to have to see what happens. So we'll take Henry here. Now DK Metcalf over Alexander Madison. I'll take Metcalf. Um, he has the opportunity against man-to-man coverage, which Seattle wants to see him play a lot of the time to to do very well on Monday night. So I will take him versus Madison. And then finally, would I rather play Ramond Stevenson or Tank Dell? And I will go with Stevenson in a tougher matchup against Dallas. But again, feature back type role. And I don't want to say bell cow or anything like that. Feature back one, two, first and second downs, right? He's going to get more touches than Tank Dell will. And so the opportunity, you know, for production is going to be there. So we can live with that over Tank Dell. But that's what I rather. That's who I would rather for week And now it's time for the process to reload. Reload. 
Reload. We already talked about Thursday, so we'll keep it right going along. Atlanta and Jacksonville. Again, this is the London game. Jacksonville always pretty pretty good at London. Atlanta's going to show up and give them a more. They're going to give them more competition than what Jacksonville is thinking. Atlanta's pretty decent against the pass, so Trevor Lawrence has got his work cut out for him. He's got enough weapons, though. I think eventually they can crack through to this thing. But Etienne against on the ground is probably not the way to attack this defense. And um, I believe he got a little banged up last week, but he's, you know, he's still out there. There's no indications he's not going to play. But again, you know, Atlanta been stouter on the ground. Now, the other thing about them, too, is like for Jacksonville, you, they're still make, mixing in Tank Bigsby. So, you know, he's getting these goal line touches. So Etienne not doing well, not a great opportunity against a stout run defense. And then you've got some other dude ciphering away like goal line touches. So, no, I, I, I don't want to be a part of that run game. They can win this on the passing game in the defense. Now, I think they do because the defense, you know, puts the pressure on. I just don't think Ritter and company have enough of what it takes to get an adequate passing game going. This team can run the football. I think John Robinson, you know, it's a great play there. If you have him in season, go ahead and play that and feel good about it. Um, Algier, I don't know because the game script. So I'll, I'll stay away from that. But as far as the Jacksonville wide receivers go, Zay Jones is not going to play. Ridley obviously is, uh, you know, the number one. But outside of him, you're also looking at Christian Kirk, who looks like it could be a pretty good day for him. So I think Jacksonville finds a way to win this one in their second home away from home as they, again, entertain other places to play other than Jacksonville if they don't want to pay for a stadium down there. Reload. Miami going to go to Buffalo for this one. So, you know, short of the long, Miami's got to be big brother. Buffalo has been handing it to him. Obviously beat him in the playoffs when they didn't have to, of course. But Miami still played real well in that game. They they are turning the corner to where they don't fear them. They don't think that they can't win that game. They don't think in their mind that they won't sweep the Caesars, season series. Miami wants this. And for, for right now, they do look like the better team. Buffalo at home, though, is going to be tough. And this is the chance for them to rise to the occasion. Buffalo's defense is starting to play better. It's a great unit. Miami's defense has a chance to be good, but they don't have Jalen Ramsey back yet. Now, they're playing better, which is great. So when he comes back, there'll be a you know, much more potent add by adding him. But in terms of today, Buffalo's defense, far far and away better than Miami. So, so the story's going to be the Buffalo defensive unit versus the Miami offense. And you know, if you watched last week, you think nobody can stop Miami, but that's not how this game is played, right? Um, I do think that this becomes more of a um, middle of the road game for the Miami offense. I, I'm not going to say two is struggles, but I'm thinking two touchdowns. I'm thinking 250 if he's lucky. You know, I'm thinking 220 to 250 is where he sits. Now, this is just historically based on what they've been able to do schematically versus this team. And also, the run is going to be more prevalent. Now, in terms of the Miami run, I'm thinking of a guy that, you know, again, I'm not going out of my way to get involved in any of this, but on the run game, because you just don't know Miami, just like 49ers where Daniels came from, they use all these backs. And so you're going to be in a problem if you think you're going to pinpoint from week to week, which one. But for me, something you got to note, you have A-Chain or yeah, you have A-Chain, right? And you have Mostert, okay? So people are thinking one of those two guys, you want to play both those guys this week. All right. But what people don't realize is Salvin Ahmed was, and, and people have even talked about Jeff Wilson coming back soon, but Salvin Ahmed, nobody's mentioning. He's back. He may not play this week, but if he does, he's ahead of A-Chain in the in the depth chart. So nobody's mentioning him. I think collectively Miami's run game keeps this game sort of close and keeps this game, you know, as back and forth. And uh, But I just don't know which one of those backs comes up and, you know, leads the way, if any, moster. This will be tough. This will be back and forth. Maybe a little bit of explosion at the end. But I think the game... Uh, is more of a chess match that Buffalo will win. I think they take my Dolphins down here in this first one. Reload, Denver at Chicago, dance of the pitiful. Um, I'm, you know, Denver last week licking their wounds. They're going to obviously come out and try to play a lot better today, you know, or this week, I should say. And then Chicago has been pretty poor too. They played better last week, but they're going to continue to try to get better. Okay, so where do we go from here? Denver's the big problem with Denver is this run defense as we saw last week. 
Roshan Johnson, don't see a ton of people talking about him, but he's in a great spot. Khalil Herbert, technically the starter, but Johnson provides more upside. That's the bigger guy that can withstand the NFL game. I don't like Khalil Herbert's size. He's he's never healthy. If healthy, um, you know, ineffective like right now. So I would be more inclined with Roshan Johnson over him. I think there's a great opportunity for Roshan this week. I think Fields is going to have a better week this week too. Now, in terms of, you know, the, the passing game, does DJ Moore get shadowed by PS2 Patrick Sertain Jr.? I don't think so. I don't think Denver has to do that. They don't always ask him to shadow either. It's just special occasions. I don't think this is special enough. So I don't think he does that, but I don't think that helps DJ Moore that much either. I just don't see coordinated, like, functionality from the Chicago offense yet. So if anything, Fields runs around and does his thing, right? That's the one thing you could say. On the other side of the ball, Denver's offense has been slowly getting better with Peyton. The problem is the defense. The offense has slowly been getting better. Russ is over 300 last couple of times out, um, you know, and he's turning out better possessions. Like he still has those mm, kind of crazy, creepy Russ moments, but becoming fewer and far in between. I like Denver's offense today. I like uh, this week. I like Denver in this game. I like Denver establishing a balance between the pass and the run. So I like Adams, the, excuse me, <coughs> Javante Williams, rather not Adams. And, uh, you know, I don't like P Ryan so much. I mean, he's, there's just been not been an opportunity. Now, if they get up and they can establish the lead, then, you know, he does become more viable. But if I have him in seasonal, I'm just going to sit because the opportunity for that is so volatile. These two teams are so volatile. So I'm not banking on either of them for sure, right? I'd rather sit them. But there's a pathway for that, especially because I think Denver wins the game. But Judy, sure, Sutton, I feel much better about until until Judy's fully healthy. He just doesn't seem to have that second gear quite yet. So <coughs> we'll wait for that. Um, but all in all, Denver's defense plays better. And I think... Uh, they finally come away with a with a much needed victory. Chicago goes back to the drawing board. I think they get closer. I don't think they win this football game. Reload. Baltimore going to Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland's got a really good defense right now. They got a top three defense, guys. They're, they're beating up everybody. They're getting there. Miles Garrett is rushing everybody. He's sacking everything. You better not move. You better not move. You better not move unless he says or he'll get you. He's the boogeyman right now. Cleveland is looking good. Watson is coming in the form. He's getting those legs under him. He's got a connection with Cooper. They, they've still got, you know, a great offensive line. They've still got great pass blocking, run blocking. They still got Ford. You've got Hunt as a as a serviceable backup. I say backup because, you know, even on Sunday, he got a little bruised up. Ribs, I think hamstring too. Definitely ribs, but questionable now going into this week. So you're not walking in off the street and just taking this job. But he will be a good backup for Ford. I think Ford's in a nice spot this week. We do like Ford. Cooper, fine. Um, you know, Watson, fine. The problem with playing it in DFS is people have this recency bias. So that worked well last week, and we used it, unlike anybody. I didn't see a lot of people use it. But they're going to be on it this week, and so we don't want to keep going back. People are going to be thinking Baltimore's okay to attack. They're getting healthier on defense. The problem with Baltimore is the offense. They, don't, they have a lot of weapons on offense missing. Problems in the running back room. I think you know, problems at wide receiver. You, you're missing a couple of guys. OBJ still out. So there is some issue there. So in terms of this ball game, you know, I don't, the offense is going to come from Lamar. I think he runs around, makes some things happen. Can he get to Andrews? He can, but I don't see Cleveland as doing a lot of blitzing to get that pressure. So where is the passing lane? Cause Lamar is no great quarterback. It's got to be real easy or he ain't going to find it. I think he has a chance to have a keep him close, but I just don't presently right now see how Cleveland loses this football game at home. Reload Pittsburgh going to Houston. So I know there's a lot of talk about Stroud and Stroud does look good. He looks like he should have been the number one for the Panthers instead of Bryce Young. But and I know there's a lot of talk about Tank Dell this week and, you know, people even buzzing about Robert Woods. That's, you know, the number one C.J. Stroud cash cat pass catcher basically 
there's a lot of noise, but it is just noise. If anything, let's worry about Pierce this week. I think it's a Pierce week. Pittsburgh is going to welcome Strauss to the league. Pittsburgh has had one of the fiercest pass rushes to start the year. They have a great pressure rate. I think they're going to make sure that he gets the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. But I think I don't know if he'll be able to necessarily do that every single time. You want to take the pressure off of him by establishing the run. So I really do like Pierce this week. And that is the way to attack the Pittsburgh defense. That is the thing that helps Houston try to keep it close. But I just don't see them being able to keep it close. I think Pittsburgh is able to do enough on defense. And then and then maybe the defense creates a turnover, gets some, some short fields because they can run the football. That's the story of this game, actually, if we want to get down to it. Houston with the worst run defense versus Pittsburgh with the worst offensive rush line grades right now so in that battle um i'd love to say you know pittsburgh has the edge but it's truly 50 50 i think they get the edge in this game because their defense has a chance to play considerably better than houston's defense houston's just getting a lot of injuries in the secondary i don't think uh, pittsburgh has a great passing offense but you know the thing about houston is it's becoming a scenario to where maybe a little bit more unbalanced and so i like friar for sure. But I just think the defense leads the way. TJ Watt has been so disruptive. It's just going to take one crazy sack and strip and fumble to set his team up with a short field. Right. And then I think Najee Harris, if you have him seasonal, great daily. I don't think I get there, but seasonal, give it a shot. If this offensive line can't move the pile here, then they're never going to be able to do it. But somehow, some way, Pittsburgh goes on the road and finds a way to win this one. It's the game they should win. and They will win. Reload. Minnesota going to Carolina. Okay, let's get into it. The way to attack Carolina is on the ground. I know you're looking at DraftKings salivating, looking at those rankings numbers, right? But the one thing the rankings won't tell you is that Derrick Brown, interior defender, is coming back on the line for Carolina. That's the run stuffer. That's going to make things a little bit harder for Madison, who hasn't set the world on fire this year anyway. So I think that we need to temper those expectations. And Carol, Minnesota will be forced to pass. I like the script. On the road, road team, uh, put up those points and pass. So Cousins, I'm okay with him. I like it to Hawkinson. Uh, Carolina's secondary is not the weaker part of that unit. I, you know, as we've said, the, the running has been the issue with them. Um, I, I just think that if you take a look at what's going on out there, Jefferson probably going to have a decent day. It's too expensive for DFS, but for season long, feel great about it, right? Addison, I don't care. I'm not doing that. KJ Osborne, I'm out on that this week. But Hawkinson, I'm there. The run, you can still do it. Seasonal, do it and feel good about it. DFS, I don't get it. I don't do it. But Cousins, for sure. I just think Minnesota, (laughs) excuse me, they have been able to move the ball. The problem has been turning the ball over. That's been the issue with Minnesota. So I think they find a way to hold on to the ball here. Both these teams are 0-3. Minnesota's clearly a much better team. They're going to show up and win this one. I think that the defense has a better opportunity this week than they've had to start the year. Carolina is going to do their best to help them win by allowing Bryce Young to play again. The best thing for this team would be playing a, to be paying Dalton. But if you're not going to play Dalton, then not going to play the Red Rocket. You put Bryce Young back in, it's going to be more struggles. Now, he's getting valuable learning time, but it's going to be struggles, guys. Let's not kid ourselves. So, you know, I downgrade the Carolina, you know, Panthers receiving core, who I like the core. Most of these guys from LSU similarly played together. I love so much about what they bring to the table, but not with this guy, a quarterback. He's got to figure it out. Um, Running wise, I think Miles Sanders a little banged up. We have to see if he's going to play. If not, next man up, Chubba Hubbard. Feel good about it in seasonal. I don't think you need to get there in DFS, but you know they're going to need to establish the run to help their quarterback, um, Bryce Young, since he's going to play. Hurst, I do like. That'll be his blanket. That's fine. You got him in seasonal play. It feel good about it. DFS, I stay away from that. Carolina tries to make it tough, but wrong guy at quarterback. Minnesota walks away with their first win of the season. They're going to do it on the road. They were great on the road last year, too. They'll be great this year. Reload. Rams going to Indy. So Rams on the road, Stafford on the road. Stafford hasn't been terrible this year. Indy has, though, in the in the passing, in the secondary, passing defense. So I don't think they'll be able to contain him. Obviously, everybody looking to Puka Nakua. He's the more expensive one on DraftKings this week. But to be quite honest with you, 
Tutu Atwell, he's he's been more consistent. He's got more fantasy production on the year. He's got more targets, touches. Um, you know, I well maybe not more targets because Puka had the 15 the first week, so I think he probably still has a lead. But my point is, if you're looking for consistency, it's Tutu Atwell. My point is, nobody's talking about him, and his numbers are as good, if not better. And he actually outperformed Nakua last week, so. Tutu Atwell is in play, even though nobody wants to say it. So we will like that. And we'll like that for cash game purposes, too. That low ownership, I'll take that in a pass-heavy, friendly environment. On the ground game, Kyron Williams, I mean, he's the guy. We know we don't have to worry about Cam Akers anymore. And we're also not worried about him in Minnesota either. However, Indianapolis will be a little stout against the run. They're, they got the good linebacking core to do this. I think they're fine to get away with it. But the, against the pass is where you're going to have some problems. They do have some injuries in the passing defense. And so, again, Rams, that's the easier way to attack. I expect them to be able to do that. For the Indianapolis side, Richardson's going to play. This is a not a bad quarterback, too, this youngster. He needs to be out there playing. But I think with him out there, they probably are a little less likely to win than with Minshew. So what do I like here? I think Pittman is fine. I'm okay with that. But the, everything else just is a little bit iffy. Moss, probably okay. But outside of these individual performances, um, I don't think Indianapolis will win this game. And I do think that Richardson will have to play smarter, getting rid of the ball, take less hits, stuff like that. That's really going to be what you look for in this game from them because the Rams are going to win. Reload on to New Orleans where the Saints will host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the first game of the year for Alvin Kamara. He's back, y'all. So if you got him, load him up. Tampa Bay really stout against the run. We want Kamara for the passes out the backfield, right? The, for the passes out the backfield. Don't know if Carr is going to play, so you may get Jameis Winston. If you get Winston, then Olave is a really good bet. If Carr plays, then I think he just spreads it around a little bit more, um, you know, Kamara included. Uh, but I like Kamara even keel with either quarterback. I like Olave more if it's Winston instead of Carr. If it's Carr, it's everybody. Uh, what else about that one? You know, I you know for the Tampa Bay side of things, they got problems in the secondary, but they're tough against the run. So, you know, that's why we think about the New Orleans offense in terms of what can they do passing the ball, Kamara included. Now, uh, you know, as far as the New Orleans defense, they've been pretty stout too. Now, I'm just gonna say this: if you got Mike Williams, Mike Evans, excuse me, the one thing about drafting him is my dude is good, but like you got to realize that. You may you basically don't have him for three weeks. He gets like a thousand yards, like without three weeks every year because you got the bye week, and then he's got his two games with Marshawn Lattimore where they fight and he gets ejected. I have him in seasonal. I'm not playing that game. I'm gonna start sudden over him this week, y'all, because I don't want to get caught where the second play, play from skimmers, one of them rips off the other one's chain and they go fist fight and they're both ejected. I will pass on all that in seasonal and DFS. If he goes off and has a great game, so be it. But Best case scenario, they both play and it's like middling, right? It's like, you know, four receptions, 50 yards, something like that, maybe if they don't fight. I, but I, that's a huge if. So if you're Tampa Bay, I'm looking, you know, Nelson Aguilar, sure, that seems like a better bet. You could try to run the ball, but I think New Orleans is going to be a little bit more stout against the run as well. So I'm a little bit out on Rashad White. I'm not looking at that so much. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I just don't think Tampa Bay has that many more weapons to use. Like you, like Aguilar's been very quiet this year. There's no third receiver stepping up. New Orleans defensively has been pretty sound this year. I think this is a game that they win, regardless of what happens with Evans. This is a game the New Orleans wins. Tampa Bay's just not a very good football team. They've got off to a great start. But even that Minnesota win, you know, Minnesota turn, we see that they're turnover kings now. So you could understand how Tampa Bay would slip away with that one. I don't think they slip away with this one. New Orleans takes this one at home. They bounce back from that Green Bay victory that they should have had last week on the road. They got them off the hook. They won't let Tampa Bay off the hook this week. Reload. Washington at Philly. Philly is going to make Washington pay for beating them the last time these two teams played. Last year, you guys remember it. I think it was a Monday night game. Robinson had just come back. And they ran and ran, right? And, and, and Washington won that football game. They're not going to win this game. Okay, let me tell you that. They're not going to win this game. Jalen Hurts is going to ball out. Um, I like A.J. Brown, but it could be a tougher day for him. Devonta Smith in a very good place. Goddard may have a tougher day. Swift can be fine. I like Swift. Um, 
I would like him more than some of the other backs. I'd be a little hesitant to play the other backs, but if you got Swift, you can play it. DFS, I don't necessarily think I need to go there because if Philly is winning as much as I think they will be by, and as early as I think they will be by, then I don't know why Swift will still be in the game. So don't get overly worried about that, but just know that it's a game they're going to win. They have a sound defense. The holes are in the secondary, but I don't think Washington has enough to exploit that. Limitations at quarterback. I don't know if he'll have enough time to get the ball out. Running-wise, Philly is better than they were last year against the run. So I don't think Robinson is going to have as much success. I think you're going to see some Gibson, too, because they're going to be having to run the ball or pass the ball to kind of you know get back in the game, keep up or come from behind or what have you. So he'll get some rub, and I think that will take away from Robinson. It's going to be less of a you know middling game flow. It's not going to be like last year on Monday where – you know, commanders stayed in the game. And so they were able to run and establish that. Uh, uh-uh, that's not happening. That's not happening. If anything is happening on the other side of the football, Philly wins this one and they win big by their defense. I really like their defense this week. Reload Cincinnati going to Tennessee. So look, last week we played Tennessee just right. We knew they were going to be really stout against the run, right? That's what they do. We understood what that would do for Ford um, and played it accordingly. Now, this week, same defense. So look at Mixon, who's been struggling already anyway. Not a great play this week. Just not a great play this week. So if you're Cincinnati, you want to do what a lot of other teams have done and lean into going against this weaker Tennessee secondary. And boy, do they have the guy to do it, Burrow. People are going to be afraid of him because they won last week, but it wasn't like the greatest fantasy performance. I Bur- Burrow, if he's playing, is healthy enough to play. I've got to believe that. And I've got to go with one of the guys that I think is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If they say he's healthy enough calf-wise to be out there, then I'm going to go with it. But it is concerning watching him try to make throws, not putting his all into it, trying not to throw off that leg, trying to play around it. I want to separate myself again from everybody like I did last week. This is the play to do it. Burrow to Chase. You can't like Chase and not like Burrow. We're going to say it with our chest and we're going to play that stack in our cash game lineup he's way too cheap burrow's way too cheap and it helps us afford chase so that's the path to victory for cincinnati in a game that incidentally i do think they win now coming back on the other side i think Tannehill is able to find deandre hopkins he provided great value for us last week and he's going to continue to do that this week so we're going to plug him into the cash game lineups because that's the guy they're looking for primarily i don't see derrick henry as having the best week this week they're going to keep trying to establish the run and i think that helps to pass more than anything else but am i overly enthralled with henry this week nope if you got him in seasonal play him don't you dare sit him play him spears don't play this dude i mean even if he goes off this week there was no indication that that was going to happen don't don't be that guy it's not something that we should be game planning for or that gal. Tennessee is going to have a hard time staying in the ball game if Burrow passes. Cincinnati has shown they're not unwilling to, you know, just go ahead and chuck it. And so they'll have all the reason to do that. Cincinnati wins this one on the reload. They get to 500. They get to 500. Reload. All right. Vegas at the Chargers. Chargers are not a great football team. I don't think they're coached very well. They got a bunch of really good players, but they got some deficiencies on the coaching side of things. Now, they lose Mike Williams for the year. Don't give me this Quinn Johnson stuff. It is Joshua Palmer. Palmer got double-digit DFS points last week. He is the guy. Regardless of what everybody intends, Herbert trusts him and goes to him when he's out there, when one of the other, you know, when Allen or Williams is out. That's the other guy. So it's Keenan Allen, who's wide receiver number two right now behind Jefferson. And then it's Palmer. Then you see some of the other stuff started to line up. Gerald Everett, sure. But I'm, but that's that's not me. I'm not going there. I don't think you need to go there. Eckler's going to be back. So that's why I'm not getting to Everett. You know, ultimately, that's why I don't really want to play Palmer this week either, even though I trust him more than Johnson, because we need to see what happens with Kellen Moore's offense once they get Eckler back. Does he utilize him just more in the in the run script or maybe just passing out of the backfield? And so either way, with the healthy Eckler, 
that changes things. Now, if Eckler isn't healthy and you get Kelly out there, Josh Kelly out there, then maybe this is more of a chance to activate, you know, the ancillary receivers. So Palmer, then Everett, then Johnson is what I would say. Um, on the Vegas side of things, here's the scenario though. If we, if we, I believe we're dealing with a concussion, ladies and gentlemen, we really do need Jimmy Garoppolo to play so that we can play big, bad Devontae Adams. In, in tournaments, I think you should pair them together and put them with Jacoby Myers. But for cash games, we want Adams. That is the way to attack the Chargers. That secondary is atrocious, and Adams can carve them up. So I really like him as a play, provided Jimmy G's the quarterback. Jimmy G's not the quarterback. We're going to walk away from that. Okay. Now, if Jimmy G's the quarterback, I think this is the closer game, but the Chargers can still win it. I got the Chargers winning this one either way. If the Chargers lose this game, then they there are some real coaching issues because the Raiders are not as good of a football team as them, and they aren't coached as, that well either. So if they're able to go into come into LA and win this game, then that's going to signify to me that this one in three Chargers team is, is probably even worse than what I'm thinking. They will win this football game. Vegas feels one and three, and that's fine. And 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 again, it's a quarter of the year that doesn't kill their year, but that feels more right than than the Chargers, based off of what we saw from the offense. Vegas has a little bit of a pass rush, but I don't think enough to hinder Herbert getting the ball to his guy, Allen. Reload him. New England going to Dallas revenge game for Zeke. Too bad Dallas pretty stout against the run and they just throw, they just pass you out the building. So you're not going to have an opportunity to establish that run. So if you're New England, you're looking at, you know, what can we do through the air? And I really feel that's going to be a tougher matchup too. New England's going to have their hands full, but the Dallas offense is going up against a very good New England defense. And Dallas just got to be by the Cardinals last week in that upset. So, this will be a tougher matchup for them. I think the mistakes can be made by Dallas on the offensive side. They have some of the most, they have one of the highest percentages of red zone. Like they get to the red zone more than any team, but they don't score. They're running up and down the field and they're not scoring. New England's defense is going to make it hard to score. This game is going to be closer than what people think because Dallas has not been able to finish off those drives. Now, if you are Dallas running the football, yeah, you, you're obviously going to, you know, you, you're going to run your guy and then you're going to run. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know why I'm blanking on the Dallas running back. We all know who the Dallas running back is. Um, but anyways, Dottle, Rico Dottle, his backup too. He'll have a little bit of, of run as well. Um, but, you know, CD Lamb, I, I can't even say I trust it just because. Dallas has not been able to get enough people activated in the passing game for me to think that they're going to, you know, outdo Bill Belichick. I think that he will scheme it up. So they'll need to run the football, basically. So I think if you want to invest in that running game, that's OK. Uh, I, I don't know that I necessarily want to pay for that, though, uh, and take that chance in a game that I just really feel like. this is going to be tougher than most people think. And if Dallas doesn't watch out, they're going to lose this football game. New England's coming in there to win this game. Dallas does not want that. They're looking, you know, at bouncing back after an embarrassing loss last week. But I think the the route gets a little tougher this week and they get exposed a little more. I'm going to say New England on the road. Um, I know it's a tough matchup for them, but I just think this game hits the under and New England finds a way to win. I, you know, Ramon Stevenson, of course, uh, I like him a little bit more over Elliott. But again, I just don't see a lot of points. I'm not overly invested. I'm just looking for the way that Dallas loses this football game, basically. Reload. Arizona at San Fran. Arizona comes back down to earth this week. San Francisco's defense is going to show up. They're going to ball out. They're going to have a rush. They're going to force uh died to get the ball out i do for that reason like rondell moore because he seems to gravitate to him when he's right around the line of scrimmage and he has to get it out quickly it's either him or Ertz, and i don't like Ertz versus this san fran defense so you gotta say rondell moore i think james Conner is interesting because they're gonna need to establish the run and i think they got the cojones to do it that's the only things that i'm looking at for that am i marquise brown blue blue nope nope no 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 San Fran's defense, they're in a great spot. And McCaffrey's in a good spot, too. 
Debo Samuel in a good spot. I know he's banged up. Ayuk should be back and be fine. If Samuel doesn't play, then Ayuk. If Samuel plays, then Samuel and Ayuk. I mean, I just don't think Arizona. They were they were pretty good last week. They may not be as bad as we think defensively, but San Francisco's got too many options, and Shanahan is too good about getting it to those options. And so, I don't believe that Arizona is going to be able to keep this team from matriculating the ball down the field or keep them out of the end zone. I, in fact, think that Elijah Mitchell should see some more game as San Francisco should be up and they should be running clock at the end. And so I think he's an interesting uh, play for DFS purposes for a couple of reasons. But San Fran wins that game. Reload. And we go to Sunday night, Kansas City at the Jets. You know, Mahomes is going to go on the road and win this game. I think the Jets are going to try to keep it close. They be they do well to run the ball. I think Brees Hall is in a good spot, but I don't know that they have the discipline to fall through on that. I think Kansas City just gets up. Mahomes finds a way. It's not the best matchup for Kelsey. He may score a touchdown. I don't think he goes off, but, you know, in this matchup, Mahomes will be able to lead the way. He'll just find the open guy. The Kansas City defense, though, can also be a leader. They have played well this year, and we all know that Zach Zach Wilson is not that good. So this becomes another game to where, yes, Kansas City has a prolific offense, but do they really need to do that much to win the game? Pacheco, you could say he's in play, but, you know, you're getting more Clyde Edwards-Hilaire every now and then. And then this is passing downs. It's McKinnon. So I I don't want to be involved in any of that. The team just keeps humming. They're not relying on one person besides Mahomes and Kelsey, really. And really Mahomes, right? The team keeps humming defensively. That's where they win this game, right? That's the big play of this game. If you got them seasonal, um, that's a great play this week. But I don't see any scenario where the Jets are going to win this football game. Uh, Can one of the Jets have some good receiving yard? I don't think they're just with Wilson. I'm like surprised every time something good happens. And so I'm not going to get you guys overly invested into something like that. Um, they would need to play a lot better defensively and they would need to establish the run. So if we need to do anything, we need to say anything. Let's just say Brees Hall. Let's say that they're smart enough to realize that the way you keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand, and we've seen Tennessee do this in the past, is you run the rock. You've got two guys. you got Dalvin Cook and you have Brees Hall. Why don't you just use them both? You want to take up as much time as possible. And if I'm the Jets, Really think about the parallels between what Tennessee has been able to do in the past and what you have out there now. You might have a better defense than they've used in those games, but they use their offense defensively. And if you're not willing to do that, you won't win this game. If you are willing to do that, it'll be closer, but you still won't win this game. And for our final shot, we'll make it a good one. Let's load it up, baby. Reload. Monday night, we're got the Seattle Seahawks traveling to the Giants. And the Giants like to play man-to-man coverage. They're not great at it, but they like to play it. I see Seattle going in there and being able to, they went into the Lions and played well on the road. I think they can go have another good road performance against a team that's not as good. A lot of problems on this Giants football team right now. Um, They got a lot of pride, though. They're going to be playing at home. So they could also just as easily win this one. But if we're talking Seattle offense, you know, it's going to be Metcalf. I think he's a big, strong receiver in one-on-one scenarios. He should be able to dominate. I like him over Lockett. But don't you forget about Lockett. The offense can just be in play. I, I don't mind even the run. So, you know, if you got Kenneth Walker, run him out there and feel good about it. The Giants just haven't shown where they've stepped up to be better at one single portion of defense. And so you can look at Seattle and say, let's roll it. Now, on the Seattle side of things, the Giants, you know, they should be able to pass the ball, but they just don't have anybody stepping up to do that. They don't have any receivers stepping up being that guy and so i just can't see it happening for them which is why i'm a little less inclined to run with them saquon barkley gonna play that's the difference maker though i think you know primetime game with their best guy i think he has a chance to run the ball well against seattle and i think they find a way they sneak away to open up enough i i you know seattle probably not disciplined enough to go out there and get the win, even though they should. I think they're a better football team, but with Saquon Barkley back, I think he's excited to show he's a difference maker, and so are they. And I just, the the Giants know you can't with that schedule. You're playing the AFC East, you're in the AFC, or you're, you're in the NFC East. You cannot get to one and three and expect good things. And so, it, it you know, they are going to make Seattle earn it on Monday night. 
I expect a much better pass rush from the Giants. I don't know that they get home, but they're going to have to make them get the ball out a little bit quicker. I'll say the Giants in an upset here, just off the back of Saquon Barkley, but Seattle should put up points. So if they struggle in any one facet of the game, then they'll give this one away. But that's how I see it shaping up this week. That's the reload segment for this week, my friends. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. We're just on to the DFS and we're going to keep doing what works, narrowing our choices down so that we can all be on the same page. I'm done watering the choices down. That makes it hard to win. So quarterback, we already mentioned it. We're going to use Joe Burrow at $6,500. Price too low based off of Monday's game. Um, Good matchup with the poorest Tennessee defense can easily be and should be, um, you know, paired with Jamar Chase. Stafford is interesting at $5,700 and Garoppolo at $5,300 are interesting. We'll pair both of them with their wide receiver one and wide receiver two in tournaments. But as I mentioned, if Garoppolo is out, then we got to get off of that. Okay. Um, for wide receiver, Devontae Adams, 8K. That's our flex if we pay down their running back. So again, with the caveat, we're going to do that if uh, his guy plays. So if Garoppolo plays. Keenan Allen, getting pricey and getting popular. Maybe somebody we can shift to in the event uh, that that Adams goes down. So I was thinking about that, and I don't think so. I'll tell you what it is in a second. Okay. Jamar Chase, $7,800. We pair with Burrow. So so for the wide receivers, it's Adams and Chase because Adams is in the flex. Uh, Puka Nakua will be very popular, but we will play him in tournaments with Stafford and negate that that way, and we'll play him with Atwell in tournaments. Amari Cooper will be popular also at the price that he is this week, but Baltimore is getting healthier and they're playing a little better. So we will walk away from him. Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins at $5,800. Good matchup versus Cincinnati. That brings it back. The Burrow Chase thing. So that brings it back right there. So I like that as a game stack that really hedges what we're doing this week. $5,800 is a great. So those are the three pieces right there. Tutu Atwell, $5,500. Indianapolis, um, they're just awful versus the pass. And Atwell has a ton of targets and is over 15 DK points a game. Puka is not over 15 DK points a game. Um, So Puka in tournaments or GPPs and Atwell in cash. So that's our guy that will play at $5,500 in cash. Jacoby Myers, we mentioned him, uh, $5,500 tournament play with Adams and Garoppolo. Rondell Moore, $3,300. Interesting at his price versus San Francisco if you need to bottom out, specifically for, for tournaments, I'm thinking. Maybe don't do that for cash. Tight end, Hawkinson, $6,500. Best play on the day by far. We'll use him in tournaments or GPPs. And then Friar Move, $3,400. I will use him for cash game. He makes everything fit, and that's the way that that offense can attack as opposed to down the field. I know they like throwing it down the field, but I don't think Pickett's that great at it. Hawkinson is their you know end zone target as well more often than not, so he makes sense. Now, the pivot here is if we don't get Garoppolo, then we fall off of Adams, and then we pay up for Hawkinson. Okay? And you can mix in Ch- Allen if you want to. You can mix in Palmer, that's fine. Or you go back to Cooper. Any one of those guys would be okay. But for me, I just really feel like I like Hawkinson the most. I'm using Fryer Move to make all the rest of this fit, particularly to make Adams fit. So if Adams can't fit, do the thing that I want to do the most, Hawkinson. Then you may be able to pay up a little more at running back, actually. All things else considered constant. Speaking of which, we go to running back. So interesting to me, Kamara at $6,100 and James Conner at $5,900. Probably two good tournament plays, but um, I, I don't get there in cash, and I use them sparingly in tournaments. 
uh, Jerome Ford, $5,400. And then Mitchell, who we also mentioned from San Fran at $4,600. So between the two of those, same strategy as last week, but we have more certainty with these two running backs. Ford is the running back one, and he has a much softer matchup than last week by far. And Mitchell should see reps as the 49ers get ahead at home against Arizona. He should see a lot of late game reps, maybe a touchdown, just great upside for the price. And it's the late game hammer at 125. So I really like that as a piece. Guys, we forgot to mention that we hammered the Buffalo defense last week. I just told you I'm just playing them. I just said you could pay up if you want, but I'm just playing them. So for defense, we'll keep it simple again this week. You can pay up for Philly, $4,100. That's a great price. They, their defense should score points. But the Browns at $2,900 is interesting at home versus Baltimore. Browns are underrated right now. They're playing really good defensive ball. Don't let that Baltimore offense scare you off for no reason. Now, for me, it's uh, $3,000, New England versus Dallas. That is where I'm going to be able to save some salary and play them in what I feel to be a tight game that goes under. So, guys, that's what I'm thinking of this week. Good luck to you guys. And if, you know, the league doesn't, uh, you know, let the refs outdo us again, we'll be in the money like we should have been last week. But that's what I got for you guys for DFS this week. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us at www.tigerbombsae.com. You can watch this podcast there. You can listen to this podcast there. Just click on the process page. But you can also check out the other podcast that Tiger Bomb offers at tigerbombsae.com. If you are a social media person, Facebook or X or Twitter, whatever you call it, if you like listening to podcasts on the go, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, stuff like that, iHeartRadio, just search for us. If you're on YouTube, search for us. All those things, you can find us the same way. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. Then like, subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do so you can keep up and then you can get these new episodes as they come out. Because remember, this is the best free quality football analysis you're going to find around. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Good luck if you're playing. We'll come back right here next week and talk about what we saw and how we did. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.